This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. Nick's got a new toy. I didn't want to plug a guitar in today because there wouldn't be a lot of space and I'd hit our guest in the head. And I've got this new toy. I hope that's not like actual brown noise or something like that. What's brown noise? Do you know about brown noise? So it's a fr- certain frequencies. Obviously, we all are on yeah. certain frequency levels. <laughs> and uh, there's a particular frequency of sounds that, when played, makes people poo themselves. Oh, really? Yep. Tried well, and tested. I can believe that. Yeah, they're all... <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, <coughs> welcome. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness with me, Nick Noise, and my colleague and associate... Associate Bradley Action. Brad Action. And and we've got a, a, an esteemed guest today. <laughs> We're lucky. Peter Khan, who yes. is, I've spoken about him many, many times, um, about uh, him being one a therapist, well, one of the many therapists I've seen, but by far the best. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of things I've said throughout the podcast have actually kind of pretty much come from stuff that Peter's said that have really kind of resonated with me. So, um, yeah, welcome, Peter. Welcome. Oh, thank welcome. you for coming on. No, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here, really. I'm quite excited having watched uh, the first three episodes or listened to the first three. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. because yeah. of how Nick talks about you. And, mm-hmm. I mean, not completely explicitly. We don't know exactly what goes on in yeah. the room, but, like, the little nuggets of knowledge that he sort of brings back and talks about. Okay. Um, we get a lot of feedback on from yeah. people listening and stuff well, like that. Good. So it makes sense to kind of have you in the room with us. Yeah. I kind of, from from the... Like the inception of my idea, mm-hmm. like from getting started, I, I thought yeah, I really want to get Peter on at some point. And I was so pleased when you said that you'd come on and 
uh, eating quite up for it straight away. Oh, I would love it. Yeah. Well, there's that part of me that's like, oh, you shouldn't do it. And we'll come to that because physiologically, fear and excitement are the same thing. Okay. You're going to have palpitations. You're going to have butterflies in your stomach, sweaty palms, and maybe a bit nauseous. But that's where you can trick the mind to say, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And then you don't get fearful. That's, we'll that's really that. interesting. So I, yeah, so you're already at a head start. Yeah. So you could be at a roller coaster, both of you. You're feeling excited. Yeah. You're feeling scared. But physiologically, you're going through exactly the same symptoms. Wow, that's crazy. Aren't you? Right out the and gate. That makes sense. So <laughs> no, this is it. So basically, uh, uh, I've, I mean, I first started seeing Peter uh, pretty About much a year, year ago. ago. Yeah. Um, and the, I think the things that have stood the strongest with me and the things that have helped me the most have just been little things like that mm. more than anything else it's just that different way of looking at it yeah. or, and more often than not it's kind of saying it's like like saying that it's, it's it's really kind of sensible and you hear it and it just makes sense to you straight away because mm. yes. you think yeah your body but, is doing the same thing can I just clarify something Nick because I've heard you say I'm a hypnotherapist which I am I'm a clinical hypnotherapist but I like to say that I'm a therapist and I just happen to use hypnotherapy as a tool, as a modality to help people. But I'll also use other tools. So if you imagine a plumber, his go-to tool is a wrench. Yeah. That's my hypnotherapy. Right, okay. But I'll also use a hammer, a jigsaw, a, 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 you know, a screwdriver. Sounds yeah. a lot more painful than you no. make out. Like. <laughs> my other, if I was a plumber... So those other modalities within therapy are CBT and yeah. neuro-linguistic programming, yeah. NLP, mm -hmm. um, psychotherapy, emotional freedom techniques, EFT they call it. So I use a range of tools and I've used various methods in our sessions, Nick. Um, but because I remember the first episode or this, when you said hypnotherapy, when you revealed that you came to see me yep. and your immediate reaction, Brad, was... Oh, does he turn you into a chicken? Yeah. yeah. Right? I said that for a reason. Uh, no, 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 no. I said no. that for a reason. But that, that's the thing. So your mind, and I'm not having a go at you. I'm just no. saying that's a normal response mm -hmm. because we've all been programmed. Yeah. Okay. So if I said to you, policeman, judge, cashier, your brain, your mind needs to pick an image that makes sense to you. Mm. Right, so you can say, "Oh, I know what a policeman looks like. I know what a judge looks like." Now, your image of a judge is probably a, a, an elderly white male, yeah, yeah? A curly wig, but it's not a, a black female. No, it could also be a judge, mm, totally. And your policeman's not someone in a turban, no, yeah, because totally. you've been programmed, yeah. And when you say hypnotherapist, oh, it's Little Britain looking yeah. to my oh, yeah, eyes, or yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but of course, it's nothing like that. Yeah. So already you can see that you have been hypnotized. Mm. We all have been hypnotized, right? And what I do is actually dehypnotize people. And what does that mean? It means I just change and reframe beliefs that you've had over time. You know, I remember you speaking about going to work. Everybody conforms. You see, I went to London today on the train. Nobody is happy. No. They're all like, I'm doing it because I was told to do this. Mm -hmm. This is safe. This is secure. This is how I should be earning money but I'm not happy. I hate the commute. I hate my job. I hate my life. I have no time for my friends and my family, but I'm doing it nonetheless. Mm. Why? Because they've been told to. We've all been. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so 
What can you do? Well, you can just start thinking differently. It's it's only fear that's holding you back from doing something that you love. Yeah, quite yeah. often it's easy, and I almost felt myself going to make like a whole line of excuses. We've spoken about scripts, haven't we, a couple yeah. of times. My go-to script I've already re- re- reeled off to you two like three times since we've been setting everything up in here. It's, you know, I haven't got time okay. for this and no uh-huh. energy to do this and yeah. kids and work and kind of everything else. But oh. I think like... My, I always drive towards thinking that something is going to pop up on my phone and someone's going to say, oh, ring up this quick. And it's, you know, this, you know, we've cracked America or, you know, mm-hmm. podcasters had like 40,000, 50,000, 60,000 listens and everything else. And that, I know it's not an answer to anything, mm-hmm. but that at that point I can just turn around and say F you to work and walk out and then mm-hmm. start what I'm at, what I actually in my mind want to start doing kind of thing. Yeah. And I think people have their like thing that they're aiming for. Mm. Normally it's the lot- national lottery or mm. you yeah, know, yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. I and it, that, they right. think it's like, yeah, we're, we're, oh, once this happens or once that happens kind of thing, you know, you see that that's the uh, Newtonian law of physics, which is you're looking for external things. Mm-hmm to make you feel happy, to make yeah. you feel good. Now, external could be saying someone saying, I love you, Brad, mm-hmm. yeah? Or it could be that Ferrari, it could be whatever it is. But actually, the new way of thinking, which is the quantum law of reality, is that you already have this thing. So if you're already grateful and act from a standpoint of having gratitude in your life, because gratitude is the signature of having that thing already, yeah? If you're grateful for something, you've received it. Mm. Right, so it's a changing of mindset. It's like Rykoff, act as if, um, and it's about yeah the collective consciousness. You know when you see these geese flying and <clears throat> you think there's a top-down effect, there's a leader, but it isn't. It's a bottom-up, and those forward-thinking companies are embracing this. So everybody makes a contribution. You know, the. You can have your lifestyle within the office space and so on and so forth. Yeah, it is fascinating. Yeah. And it is kind of almost a dream to work for like some of those companies for a lot of people. And the way well, people's attitudes are changing towards mm. work and stuff like that. Um, it's it's funny because in the realms of work on site and everything else, people say, oh, I couldn't sit in an office all day just sitting mm. there and office politics and everything else. And I'm like, well, if you... Google, Google's office, for instance, you know, slides and ball pits and you know, meetings it. on beanbags and stuff yeah. like that. Like, who's not going to want to go work? It's funny yeah. that so many people kind of scoff at that. Um, but I kind of think you need, like, things like that, uh, that generally makes you more creative. Mm. But then those circumstances would then become the norm, wouldn't they? If you work there... That's I always true. think after a while yeah. that would become the norm and then that wouldn't be exciting. Yeah, that is But it's not, it's not about excitement, though. It's about empowerment and trusting that person to deliver. Yeah. Whatever their job role is, to be creative or an accountant, it doesn't matter. You're, the, the company, the organisation is saying, I'm trusting you to deliver. I'm going to provide an environment which is conducive to you being happy. You being happy means you're going to be more productive. Yeah? yeah, I mean, that makes it, sense. That, that's Certainly. all about... Because work is supposed to be about satisfaction. Yeah. It's about enjoyment. Yeah. That's what it should be. Money is supposed to make you more comfortable, that's all. Yeah. Right? So you can still be uh, unhappy and depressed and miserable 
and have lots of money. Yeah, I think I right. said on the last one, yeah, I want, okay. um, was it? No. Yeah, Jim Carrey said, I want everyone to achieve fame, fortune, and money and everything and success, yeah. just that they can see it really isn't the answer to anything whatsoever. Yeah, that's like, I like that. Mm. That's yeah. good. Uh, I, I think that quite firmly. I, I mean, I, I'm not talking. I mean, obviously, we're not from a standpoint of having nothing. No, no, no. Know, of course it, not. And, <laughs> I, and I think, no. yeah, we can't. You know, I can't put it into that realms really. But then you do find people who have got nothing often are quite happy. Oh, totally. That they haven't got the trappings that other people who have got lots have got because it's almost like if you've got more, then you feel like you need to represent that kind of more, don't you? You need to have more, keep having more, and then have more than the bloke next year. Yeah. I was talking about this at band practice last night, about yeah, when pe- people are really driven by money, and it's, it's more that they're not driven by the money, they're driven by having more than the bloke next to them. Yeah, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses. So, well, I've got a pound more than you, and two pound more than him. Yeah, and then I'm happy, but that's horrible, not true, is it? it? Because you're not no. really happy. No, it, it makes me sick. It's really about the money. It, it's more to do with the ego, yeah, status, and power, it's, yeah, yeah, control, and it's also to do with, well, just thinking that you you'll be rich and successful will bring you happiness, mm. right? And it's empty. Um, yeah, but that's kind of, and you think you know, especially now, social media is just throwing it at you. All the time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's so much more apparent now than it was. And there's a generation of people mm. who seem to be earning money just taking their tops off and selling lip gloss yeah. on Instagram and not going to work. And I've fallen into that trap many a time when I thought, yeah. oh, what can I do to kind of possibly look at like revenue streams and stuff like that and eventually I'll get two or three of them and it will take over then I won't have to go work and that means I can do more yeah. of the revenue stream things and everything else I think it's totally possible but I think the bubble that particular bubble has burst um, I don't look as sexy with my top off I don't know how much lip gloss I would actually <laughs> sell but um, I think you'd still be an influencer Brad oh, I'd, I'd influence a few things I'd probably yeah. incite a riot to be honest yeah. but I know um, that Keeping up with Love Island news, as we seem to, for some reason, um, yeah. to get on to Love Island this year, apparently all of the contestants had to have a minimum of 60,000 followers really? on Instagram or something. I don't know how true uh, that is. Just... I don't know how true that is. But mm-hmm. it's. I remember someone telling me a really long time ago um, in the music industry that you can't just make music now. You have to, it's, They call it 360-degree media. So mm-hmm. you have to be yeah. like a brand and website and obviously tour and dates and band meets and merchandise and everything like that and i suppose it's the same in in tv you're kind of rocking up and saying yeah i'm on tv but i can also anything i'm doing on tv i will post about so this x amount of people will see it and they'll see it this amount of people on twitter and everything else so mm. people are bringing a lot more to the table now i guess and you've got to have a sad story yeah it's true so mm-hmm. one thing i talk about a lot is my bastard brain yeah uh, and we talked a little bit about it before we, before we started. In the green room, yeah. Yeah, in right. the green room, <laughs> uh, the garage. <laughs> in the uh, cave. And, uh, yeah, and loads of people have kind of mentioned about that, and that's resonated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and I got, although clearly not in those terms, but, like, you kind of taught me some of this. Like, you taught me all of this stuff, really. Um, kind of fundamentally that, Mm-hmm. What I say is that you don't have to listen to your brain. Yeah. Like, uh, I've almost kind of said it the other day, like, uh, 
consciousness and your brain are separate almost. Mm -hmm. Like you can be conscious, but yeah. your brain is almost separate, which is a really hard concept to grasp, yeah. isn't it? Because you've got to grasp it with your brain. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. paradox. You have, to, you have to catch it. Um, first of all, I know it's a small distinction, but it's not your brain. Your, your brain is an organ like your bladder or your lungs, okay? Or it's your mind. Okay, there's a distinction to be made. Now, if I said to you, draw me a picture of your mind, what would you draw? Brian, probably. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. that's crazy though. Okay. It? Yeah. That's the most powerful force in the universe, yet nobody can draw their mind. So just imagine that you have a mind. Let's just say it's a bubble or a cake. You divide it. There's half of it is your conscious mind and half is your subconscious, unconscious mind. Okay. And actually, this is big again. We all know what we need to do or not do, but there's this knowledge to action gap. Okay? You know you shouldn't feel so down, moody, whatever it is. Okay? Yep. And you know oh, I need to do more. Yeah? Have some more time with them, whatever it is. Uh, and people know I should stop smoking. I should drink less. I should stop gambling. I should stop cheating. But they can't do it. There's the knowledge to action gap because your conscious mind is this big, or if, if you can't see it, it's one-tenth of your unconscious mind. So that's driving you. Yeah? Okay. That's your engine. It will always win. It's always the first thing that reacts. Okay? No, it never used to be the case. So everyone who comes to see me I think most people in the Western world has a conflict. They want to start doing something, but they don't. They want to stop doing something, but they can't. Right? Because they think they are consciously in charge, but they're not. It's another part of you. And that subconscious mind, I started at the beginning saying we've all been programmed or hypnotized, yeah, conditioned, because we came into this world as a blank piece of paper. The most important years of your life, between zero and six, that's when you will have had all your input, all your data, yeah? all your conditioning, all your hardwiring put in by your parents or those closest to you. So your temperature, your barometer, Brad, Nick, is already set in terms of wealth and sex and relationships. Because let's let me give you an example. If you hear your dad, he may not even be talking to you but he's talking to your uncle. And you hear him say, oh, look at that flash bastard driving that Mercedes. Who does he think he is? Right? You're going to think wealthy people are not very nice. Mm. You're going to put a self-limiting block on yourself. I don't want to be wealthy because they're wow. not very nice. Yeah? Yeah, the depth in that one yeah. little link. But Things so like even that. If you, even, even if you're not consciously thinking, I don't want to be wealthy, for example, mm -hmm. late one in life, you, you almost um, sabotage yourself. Yeah. this You don't know any better. You are trusting the people closest to you. And whatever they say, go, because they're your parents. Mm. You're innocent. Yeah? You hear things. They may say it directly to you. That, that's why people, for example, um, if I'm dealing with um, weight issues, I've always been told to clean my plate. Look at all the starving children in Africa. So now they're 50 years old, they still eat every scrap of food in their plate. That's literally 
come okay. up in conversation this weekend for me. Oh, right. Yeah, we got two free pieces of cake mm-hmm. in the restaurant that we went into because my mum and dad go, my right. dad go in there all the time. And it, they were the two of the biggest bits of cake I've ever seen. And I, Buddy was on the um, playground thing. And my mum actually come over and said, did you order any cake? I said, no, I wouldn't have done that. I'm not really too fussed. I've just eaten like a big sort of dinner mm. anyway. And uh, she went, oh, um, they've given us some free cake. Come and eat it. Right, okay. And she she always, like, she's a proper feeder, my mum. Uh, and uh, especially because like I'm a vegetarian as well. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I literally sat there. And Buddy had eaten, eaten quite a bit. Olive had some. Mum mm-hmm. didn't want something. She never eats. Dad didn't want any. Cake was sort of stuffed anyway. And I, I, I ate the rest of the whole of the two plates. But is that how you grew up? Yeah. To, to, to yeah. be taught to clean and the plate. I, it was almost yeah. like a, yeah. a novelty thing of, oh, Brad will eat it, everything yeah. else, and it's kind of a bit of an in-joke kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you almost slip into that role straight away. 100%. 100%. Yeah. It's like you can't help it. And that's, like, that's your programming, you yeah. see. It's, it's default. And Kate even said that this morning, even with the drinking. We weren't going to go out for dinner because yeah. it was late and the kids were playing up. I wasn't going to have a drink. Um and mm-hmm. lo and behold, as soon as I went there, oh, we're going out for dinner. I was like, no, not, it's like a routine. I always say, no, I'm all right, thank you. Oh, come on. And I go, no, I haven't got any money. And they go, come on, we'll pay. And I go, oh, all right then. And then they go, oh, <laughs> what beer do you want? Oh, no, I'm all right, I'm not drinking. I'll go on, just have one. Oh, all right, I'll have such and such. And then literally like seven pints later and Kate's driving us home going, oh, like we've done it again kind of thing. It's It type. really yeah. is. And it's I yeah. think it's, it was comfortable in doing so. But as soon as I got home, you know, I felt sick and disappointed in myself again. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That's so true because I, 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 my revert to type is mm. is being miserable and depressed. Yeah. And uh, now I see myself doing it mm. like I didn't used to mm. uh, because it actually it's really comfortable. Mm. It's but that's, comfortable that's the... it's easy. Even as I was talking about it, it was mm. comfortable to talk about just then. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, but it's that's it. It's, it. The awareness is the first step to understand and catch yourself. Yeah, is the first step to actual recovery or improvement. It's when you're ignorant of what's going on and you're just stuck in that mode, then nothing's going to change. So it's like anything: practice and keep being aware of it. In my experience, a lot of sadness comes from the awareness as well, though, because it's almost, it can almost be, I think I'm disappointed in myself because I'm aware that I've done well, this kind of thing. But I suppose is that just not knowing what no, to do with your emotions? I think if you're more aware, you'd, you, say for example that, if you're more aware, um, you won't go, oh, God, then I'll oh, go. I would have intercepted You'll be it, more inclined right. to go, oh, well, no, I'm just doing what I always do. Yeah. Mm. And I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Mm. I think Nick's mentioned it on um, previous shows that you refer to it as your brain, but yeah, I say the mind, okay? It's a survival mechanism. It's there to keep you alive, yeah? So no matter how skewed the logic, that's what it does. So if a person is in a a toxic relationship, let's let's just say for the sake of this argument, it's a woman because it tends to be. She's an emotional abusive and physically abusive relationship her mind is saying stay there her subconscious mind stay in this relationship because it's safe right you may take the odd beating you don't get any money it's tight but you've got a roof over your head you know where you are because the conscious mind is saying get out there there's a whole world of unlimited opportunity for you go there Mm. try it but that's what the subconscious is saying no because it's a whole new world of unlimited opportunity, Fear. it's scary. Yeah, 
It's unknown. Unknown equals death. Mm. Possible death. Stay here. It's safe. It's secure. So that's how skewed wow. it is. In fact, just imagine the tip of the iceberg. The bit above the waterline is your conscious mind. The bit below the waterline is your subconscious. And that's what drives you. So you will always revert to type from what I said earlier, from zero to six. If you if you hear your your mom talking in the kitchen to your auntie and you're a female and, and she said, yeah, all men are bastards, can't trust them. You may grow up not committing to relationships mm. if you're a female. Yeah, of course. Right? If you're two years old and you're crying out for your mom and she's gone for a pee, as a two-year-old, you have no concept of time. It's only been two minutes, but you're in a trauma now. You're in, it's still PTSD. Mommy's not coming, right? It's only two minutes. You may grow up with a skewed belief that those people that you love will not be there for you. I've got an exact example of that. So you won't commit? Yeah, okay. When, um, <laughs> when Buddy was little, we were at the shop somewhere mm -hmm. and um, he was crying. And we've not given them phones and iPads yet because mm -hmm. I knew I would need that in my arsenal if I ever needed to sort of calm him down or whatever. Lo and behold, we're going on holiday next week. I'm going to load the iPad up. We'll keep him busy for a couple of hours. He won't even know he's gone. Um, he was tiny. He was really small. And he was crying and crying and crying. And Kate went to go out of the car. And for some reason, I got the phone out and I put on, there's a thing called Big Block Sing Song. It's like a little one minute skit and they do little songs and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I put that on and he was still crying and everything else and really, really screaming out. And we got home. I put it on for him and he was instantly scared to the point that he still talks about how scared he is of Big Block Sing Song. And it's like there's wow. about 300 different videos oh, of 300 really? different characters so or whatever. That's the association. But it's the cutest, funniest little thing. Yeah. As soon as the music comes on, it sort of makes my hair go up for some reason, yeah. he, he instantly is scared. That's the association, like yeah. It's ingrained yeah. in him kind of thing. And it's so scary as a parent to think like, that's one thing I'm conscious of and aware yeah. of. Yeah. It does seem like in this last six years, we've had like the worst time that we've had, worst arguments. How old is he? He's six. Six? Oh, um, okay. So All we've right. had like the worst money problems, the worst, mm -hmm. I've, I've been horrible, Kate's been horrible, all of a sudden in this six years. But typically mm. previous to that, we've we worked hard at becoming the best humans we could, yeah. giving up whatever we it's could and everything else. out the window when you have kids. Yeah, and it's scary that yeah, in that six years, yeah. like we've been our worst almost. Mm. Well, not all the time, obviously, and not intentionally. But, but it's, it's, been the most it's sad that he's seen the worst of us. And it's kind of well, a bit disappointing that he might, that might be his memory of us kind of thing. But the problem is within that, you're still, you can still only do your best. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's still, so it's still quite difficult, but, um, he'll have your, the same, sorry, Nick, he'll, he'll have your values and your, um, morals and respect and kindness and compassion. That'll all come through, mm, but then so. there'll be other stuff that he will have internalized. Yeah. And it's not for you just talking to him. It's from, because they just copy and yeah, listen and hear everything. Yeah. Because we all enter this world as newborn children, newborn babies with only two fears. You remember those? Do you remember what the two fears are? No, I don't. Okay. <clears throat> fear of falling, because we've never experienced gravity before. Right. And fear of loud noises. Because similarly, we've been cosseted in mummy's tummy for 280 wow. days. Wow, okay. incredible. Yeah, 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 of course. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, a baby adapts to those two new sensory experiences very quickly. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm not going to fall. I'm safe. Oh, that's just noise. I'm used to that. Okay. What does that mean? Anything subsequent to that, where a, a, a child grows into an adult and they have a fear of clowns, anorexia, sharks. anxiety, sharks. Mm -hmm. Big one for me. All right. That's a learned condition. Mm -hmm. Something has happened, usually in its childhood, that has made that person think that way and behave that way. It's a belief. My mum thought Jaws was a kid's film. <laughs> My sister wouldn't have a bath. Me too. My sister wouldn't have a bath for three months. No, me too. I genuinely believe for some reason... <laughs> Uh, my my bath had my bath my bath had handles on the side, and I would have to hold the handles because I believe the bottom of the bath would open. And I would drop into a huge dark black tank, and George would be coming up behind me that, to the point that still now when swimming, I'm all right if other people are in the pool. But the second I'm in there on my own, yeah. I'm just feeling breathing down my neck, and that's I have it. to get straight out of the pool straight away. Well, Kate, for my birthday, Kate took me to for some desensitisation at the aquarium, uh -huh. and the guy took us round and told us all about the sharks, and I had to stand right next to it, yeah. come right up to the tank, yeah. and it really did. I had, at the, at the t That was at the time that I started a little bit of therapy, and Kate studied psychotherapy as well, and we were oh, kind okay. of becoming more aware of that uh, we can change these habits and everything yeah. else. So yeah. I was a lot more open to it, and yeah. I did find it helped. But lately, I've, I've kind of found it coming back. What's been odd is I've had a really horrible experience. A kid nearly died in my mum's pool uh, last summer. I had to resuscitate him and bring him back. <clears throat> and what's happened is it's all that it's all tied into one. I'm kind of scared of water again now. I'm actually scared about going on holiday next week. And the the, the oh. pools is gonna like the main theme <clears throat> of it all. Like the kids yeah. are looking forward to the swimming pool. It's got lazy rapids and everything else. I'm thinking, oh God, like I've literally got to hold on to these three little people in the pool and everything. It's crazy. You see, fear is, you've heard the the acronym of fear is false evidence appearing real. No. That's a good way to look at it. Right, okay. Yeah, false evidence appearing real. It's just yeah. a story you're telling yourself because of what happened to you yeah. when you were younger, okay? So it's, that's the programming that I'm talking about. It's now belief, sharks, water. Okay, so if you understand that fear and worry, I bet you any worry that you have is not right here, right now. No. It's at some stage in the future, even mm -hmm. if it's an hour from now, tomorrow, next week. So why are you giving that energy? Mm. It's a story you're telling yourself. The actual definition of fear is anticipation of pain. Anticipation. So that means it hasn't happened. It's like me saying, Brad, can you anticipate eating your dinner on Friday night. No. Of course you can't. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> this is what's fundamentally wrong, especially in the Western world. We're not present. We're over there. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're depressed, you're living in the past. Okay? But you're not present. And we've had numbers. Yeah. Nick's, when I saw Nick, the first thing I did, because we talk about, hypnotherapy but if i call myself if i branded myself an anxiety relief specialist mm -hmm. or weight management consultant or business consultant or life coach which i am all those things you'd have a different image remember we talked about the policeman and yeah and when i realized very early for you what would be most impactful was to get him centered he came in with all these kind of labels that people have put him and i said i'm not interested in that because you're human 
you're going to be sad you're going to be depressed you're going to be joyful you're going to be excited yeah you're going to be whatever we all have that those range of emotions sometimes in one day so i know the first session was the most impactful because it was like a demolition job yeah right i just, just got rid of everything so that subsequent sessions were about building blocks right you had the new foundations in place and it was just trying to let go of stuff so is that kind it of it's very much like that actually yeah, that's yeah, what and I... I, if, when I when I but you saying that and I kind of look back on it it was very much like that you just kind of blasted it all out hmm. really really quickly with kind of really simplified everything down yeah. to you know it, like, that's a fear and that's a that and that's in it and it was like oh okay yeah and then, yeah, and then, yeah, you did just built me up to kind of get oh. back on. So did you feel that was just you in the room then at that moment and you weren't thinking past and present? Like, did you f have a feeling of, like, um, just, being in that moment? Yeah, yeah. Oh, certainly. Oh. And uh, I felt, I felt it, when you said that about uh, hypnotherapy, like, for me, the, the most impactful bits uh -huh. uh, of my sessions with you were actually the first hour when we talked. Uh, yeah, like the hypnosis, the hypnosis part of it was almost just like a was almost like an added bonus, really, yeah. because um, what that. But the thing is, but then also just as useful because that also uh, the first time the first time I had the hypnosis mm -hmm. was the most impactful, mm. um, and. I, it just really did. I just I felt like I just yeah. got pulled right down, yeah. and suddenly it was like so all of this shit just didn't seem to matter yeah. as much. Wow! It just I just yeah. felt like like all the you just relieved my burden and the weight was taken off of me. Um, but the talking, I, like I, when I've recommended it to our people, I said you don't just do. It's not just that, like it's yeah. been most of the time I was talking. Yes, yeah, talking therapies and and like that is the most useful part often, because as we went on, mm. the hypnosis like it was more just an ask, relax. Yeah. But initially, I remember just pouring out with sweat, and it was felt like yeah, an that's right, you really did. did. Yeah. Yeah. It was great, yeah, I was weren't just you? Sitting there, just yeah, for incredible. the first few, yeah, man. I was just pouring out with you sweat. Say, so is that the body like letting go of everything? That's as well? how it felt. It is, uh, you're purging. It did feel like that. It did feel there was an element of exorcism. That's to it. amazing. You're purging, and like it was almost. And I've not, I've not since then. I've not gone that low again. Mm. Like no, 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 emotionally, Well, you wouldn't be doing this. We said that. You, well, yeah, exactly. you wouldn't be doing the stuff that you're doing and the other things. Wow, it's that, that defined. Like you really can pinpoint it. Yeah, to that totally. Degree. Okay, yeah. That's incredible, yeah. man. But you see, sorry, I haven't clarified, Brad. The, the hypnosis part is just the means of. We're talking about the subconscious mind being in charge. Remember, yeah. it's just to induce a trance-like state, which is just like a daydreamy state. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, when you're not asleep, you're not quite awake. You're just zoned out somewhere. Yeah. And that enables me to talk to that part of you yeah, in a way that it understands. And maybe I could put new suggestions in or help you release stuff about sharks, perhaps. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Because whilst we're talking now, <clears throat> it's not your subconscious that's listening. It's you consciously listening. Mm -hmm. And remember, that's the small part of you. That won't make a difference. So I'll get you into that place that we can say, okay, look, you're not, you're not four years old anymore, right? You know, because that, I don't know how old you are, but let's just say. How old am I? 37. All right. Yeah. The 37-year-old <laughs> man in this room, right, is saying, 
they're stupid. They shouldn't be afraid of sharks. In fact, there are no sharks. Yeah. What the hell? Remember what I said? The knowledge to action gap? Mm. You know that consciously. Yeah. Right? But you're still thinking, oh, the holiday next week. Yeah. Oh, because that's what's driving you. Now, if I can talk to that part of you, that subconscious, unconscious part, and say, it's okay. You're not four years old. You can let it go. Yeah. Just get rid of it. Yeah. It's like decluttering your wardrobe. Once you let it go, what do you do? You make space to let new in. Yeah. New ideas, new beliefs. Yeah, it, makes sense. it all starts with a thought. The thought create the feelings that you have, which lead to the behavior, right? Thoughts, feelings, behavior loop. You know this from CBT, but it is. It is quite, true. Uh, <clears throat> the other thing that I've kind of, as you say, I realise is, you know, like stuff to do, like a lot of mm. my issues come back down to like stuff with my granddad and, you know, my dad as well, yeah. to a lesser extent. And, uh, yeah, we did some work around that, and mm -hmm. I have to say, um, the anger that I had yeah. that was just like was just reinforcing my self, my view, you know, my negative view of myself. Yeah. Um, I don't have that. Yeah. You know, it comes back. Yeah, of bit, course it does. Yeah. But like, it's it, it doesn't stay there. It it's not as dry. intense, it, is it? It doesn't yeah, lie. It, it's not like because you know that anger is just. Anymore. Directed inwards. That's yeah, yeah, you're exactly. only harming yourself. Okay. And so was that at a point where that was your daily life every day? Those feelings. Yeah, yeah, that was always going through my head. Oh what? Oh what? You like the feeling? Yeah, the feeling. Of yeah, yeah, life. no, that no, was always there. Mm -hmm. uh, and when and you talk about the programming, you know, that was how that was where my programming came from. Yeah. My granddad kind of just telling me I was crap, basically. And that's what programmed me. Yeah. And I feel like I, I've, I'm above that now. You know, like oh, that's not my programming anymore. Um, it does. It comes back. Hmm. Um, and, and then I have to go. No, no, no. And I, again, you know, like coming back to the brain. My brain's going. Oh, don't you know? Oh, you know, be careful. You're going too far. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget about you know. Like, I've got to protect you. <laughs> yeah. Where's my job? Yeah. So, yeah, if I could just maybe give you some practical tips on a day-to-day. -day, 100%. Because you're trying to fight this big beast that you now know is controlling you, all right, from everything that you do and everything that you say. And you need to collaborate with your subconscious mind, with your mind. Understand that <clears throat> your mind does exactly what it thinks you want it to do. So if you say, oh, God, I hate this job, right? Oh, I hate the commute, I hate the people I work with, it's hearing pain. It's going to say, I'm going to make you late. I'm going to make you ill so you don't have to go there because it's hearing you don't want to do it. Right? The second thing, your mind likes the familiar, it hates the unfamiliar. The third thing, the words and pictures you say to yourself are very, very important. Okay? Um, <clears throat> let's just cross that. Anyone who's ever succeeded in life has had to make the unfamiliar familiar, right? And I don't mean big houses and lots of dollars, and I'm talking about <clears throat> anybody. If there was a, a paraplegic in here trying to walk on their, their you know, prosthetic limbs for the first time, that is success. It's relative. Mm. Earl Nightingale said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or a goal. Yeah, success is the progressive realization 
of a worthy ideal or goal. This is your success because you're progressively getting better and better. Yeah. The more you do it, the better you get. Mm. Okay. But it will always draw you back to the familiar, what's comfortable. That's why people have weight issues. Because mommy used to make me cakes when I was upset when I was four years old. That makes me happy. Well, no, that's just fat and sugar. But mm. your mind's, that's the belief. You're going for comfort, fulfill that need, right? Um, so be conscious of that. That's why you're always going to be pulled back because you've got 40 years of pain yeah, yeah. and it's going to say, oh, no, no, go, go back to hating your dad because that's what you normally do. Or oh, sorry, hating you. Yeah. Hating is a strong word. I don't like it, but you know. No, but go back Reverting to, the anger. to that, yeah. Hold on to that anger. Yeah. Right? Because that's what you normally do. Um, yeah, and of course, the words and the pictures you say in here, this internal dialogue is, is, is vital. Yeah. If you keep saying, I'm hopeless. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I forgot my charger. I'm so stupid. You know, criticism of self is very destructive. It withers. And it doesn't seem like much. But if you say a hundred times a day, it's a big weight. That's up. Every day, every week, every year, it just diminishes yourself, yourself, sense of self. But isn't it like, especially if you think, if your brain is then trying to protect you mm. and you're going, oh, I'm so stupid I did that. Mm -hmm. And your brain's going, yeah, well then, you know, don't... You know, say, oh, you try to do something, it doesn't go well, and your brain goes, told you. Mm. And like, you'll go, I'm so stupid, I shouldn't have done it. And your brain's going, yeah, you're right. Mm. Don't do it again. Because your brain's going, come back, come back, come back. Depends what it is, I suppose. Yeah. That's kind of it's often not... how I view it, is that, What's you know, that? your brain's going, no, come back. Come back, no, we're safe over yeah. here. Comfortable. We're safe, we're comfortable. Well, come mm. back over here. You yeah, know this, yeah. you understand this, come back. You know, and then, and it's coming, you know, like I might, you know, I might, um, that I kind of tried, you know, so I've got a lot better with my dad, for example. Mm. And then, say something goes wrong, it's like my brain's going, ah, I told you, I told you that was going to happen, wow. come back. And yeah. it always feels like I'm bit, my brain's trying to drag me back to that state of mess. On a practical level, like, would that stop you sometimes from wanting to maybe, like, go out or go around there or have him over or yeah, anything Yeah, yeah, it, it does all that. Like a second guessing almost sometimes. Yeah, it's, or it's saying, oh, don't do that. And, um, you know, you, you're the you're the victim almost. Like, your brain, you know, your brain's going, well, you're the victim here. You shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. They should be doing it to you. Yeah. And, like, in that... In reality, life doesn't work that way, does it? Mm. In reality, everyone has to kind of make an effort. Yeah. Otherwise, nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just see that as my brain's just going, oh, no, but, yeah, but that's how <clears> you've <throat> always felt and that's how it's comfortable. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's how I used to feel. Yeah, you're always in some kind of conflict. In yeah. But th understand, there are various parts of your brain. As I said, two parts of your mind. So there's a third part, actually, and... In terms of your brain, <clears throat> you've got the, the paleocortex, the neocortex, and the limbic cortex, which is your emotional centers. The paleo is the oldest one. When you see someone, the first thing you do is judge them. And you're going to say, can I fuck it? Can I eat it? Is it going to kill me? Wow. Right? That's, that's what you, you know, or can I kill it? Mm. That's automatic. It's hardwired. And that's your primordial cortex is judging people because I'm, I'm dark-skinned and black hair. If my tribe from a hundred thousand years ago, yeah, 
had uh, people coming over the hill and they had blue eyes and blonde hair, I'm going to think, are they going to kill me? Or they? Yeah, so I have to judge. And today, in context, it's like, obviously, if you're at a cash point, someone with a hoodie behind you, are they going to mug me? Mm. Yeah. Or are they okay? So it's there to keep you alive once again, right? It's another mm. mechanism. Um, yeah. Okay, no, so that's just kind like, of... That's, that's like the protective element. Yeah. So like, that's what I was kind of getting at, is that your brain, there's a large percentage of that percentage of your brain or your mind mm -hmm. Mm. is constantly looking out to protect you. Oh, yeah. And we don't need that protection in the same way. Because no, no, no. We like, but we have moved on as a species. Yeah, just imagine that, as I said earlier, it, your mind is a survival mechanism. It's, it's number one job is to keep you alive. It's not there to find you love or happiness or success or wealth. It isn't. Mm. It's to keep you alive. Yeah, And it'll do it in ways that it thinks is right based on your conditioning as a child. So I'm looking out for sharks. What if? What if there's a shark? What if? What if? What if? And remember, what ifs are worries... And what are worries? Stories you tell yourself. Mm. Okay? But it's like a bodyguard at, at an event, at a concert. <clears throat> you know, what's he got in his backpack? What's she doing driving down there? What's happening here? Constantly right? on the lookout. But there's no real danger. Mm. Its job is to look out for perceived threats. Mm -hmm. You know, so as, as Milton's, you know, paradise lost. The mind in itself yeah, can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. It's its own place. Wow. So that's it. You're, it. It's a constant thing. I have to do it every single day. Yeah. I've had a crap week because it's half term. I don't have many clients. Yeah. I've got other income streams, which is fortunate. Yeah? So I'll say, my mind will still say to me, two o'clock in the morning, right? As I'm having a single malt, maybe you should do something different. You're not very good at this. Yeah. Mm. Because I'll have one client that doesn't come back, but I'll forget about the other 12 that think, yeah, I've really helped them. It's that one negative element. Yes. So yeah. I still have to say, okay, don't be stupid. No, let's get a grip. You know, And I'll use neuro-linguistic programming, which is kind of like hypnosis, but without going into trance. Mm -hmm. And then you just say, where is the evidence to support this, that I'm not good enough? Yeah. yeah. Um, what am I comparing it to? You know, and you can even use it in the third-person sense, so that it, you know, it softens, it disassociates, it's cognitive dissonance. Um, you can say in a Mickey Mouse voice, if you have a fear or something, right? How to kind of offset it. Yeah. If you say, oh, I'm not attractive enough for this person, then you go, he's not attractive enough. Mm. Yeah? You've disassociated. Where's the evidence to support this? How do I know that's true? you know that sort of thing and if you do it in a Mickey Mouse voice in your head then it just thinks okay, it's gone it just so essentially it you're breaking That's... it down mm. you're saying where is the truth in this and <clears throat> so that kind of comes you know we're talking about the stories you tell yourself if you've told yourself that story all your life <laughs> like me for example if I told myself the story all my <laughs> life that oh you're really shit that battery's gonna work That's right. um then mm. when something like that happens, that story kicks in. That story is going. So for me, that story there's... is normally going. Well, yeah, you are. You are ugly. Of course, you're ugly. Yeah. You know, you've always been ugly. You've always felt ugly, and that's because you're a piece of shit. Yeah. 
Whereas what then I but then I do do that. Then I start breaking it down and go, yeah. well, I can't be that ugly. I'm married. Or, That's know, it. Yeah. Uh, like girls have found me attractive from time to time. So yeah, it is the point I was making. It needs constant work. Yeah. Right. If you want your body to get in shape, right, you have to do physical exercise. Physical exercise to the body is like discomfort. Yep. Right? For a long period of time until it gets used to it. Then you plateau out. Sorry, yeah. we've just lost Brad. Brad's uh, messing <laughs> around with plugs. He's, he's, he's just messing around with plugs right. between Peter's legs. Yeah. That sounds right. funny, doesn't it? There you go. <laughs> Sorry he's about just, that. Um, Sorry. No, but that's true. And this is something that, say, like, for the What's part... True? I, I kind of, I've had a little bit of a dip the past few days and that's because like, something happened to me. I don't really want to go into it that much, but basically something mm. knocked my confidence mm. and it made me feel like I wasn't any good. Yeah. Uh, and then what that did was fed into all of my past faults. And it's almost like, yeah, that was then that part of my mind was going, oh yeah, oh, we forgot about that one, didn't we? And I feel it's like Gollum. Is sitting there going, well, we forgot about that one, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah, you're a cunt because of this as well. It's actually played into. Effect. Yeah, and then it was only just just because then you started talking about it. And I'm like, fucking hell, I've yeah. been doing that. Yeah. Mm. I've just totally done it. We become what we yeah, we before. become what we think about. Okay, yeah. so you, you start thinking yeah, you're not good yeah. enough. You'll get that's it. That's so true. Isn't so it? it needs continuous work. I was going to say it's evident that it needs to be maintained and, yeah. and yeah. continue to be worked on. And I suppose there aren't the tools. Well, there haven't been the tools in the past, or maybe they have, but maybe mm. they've been consciously kept from us. Mm. Um, but like you say, these little nuggets of information of like you know, try thinking this way, think differently, and think yeah. everything else. Um, like in your opinion. Mm -hmm. I know it's probably difficult to answer because we're in the environment now and we're we're kind of on the outlook for these bits of nuggets and information, people that we follow on Instagram and everything. But do you think it's okay. getting easier for people to get a hold of this information and get to grips with their own brains and kind of work on themselves? Or is it, I mean, obviously people will always fall into the same traps and, and I think the history repeats itself. I think we live in a time where there's, more resource available than any other time. Mm. But people are still ignorant and suffering more than ever, yeah? uh, especially with anxiety, which is fear-based, which is primarily down to thinking, I am not good enough. Okay, I am not enough in some way. Attractive enough, smart enough, wealthy enough, whatever it is. And that stems from, remember I said, as a child, you come into this world with only two fears. Right? You never see a baby or a toddler say, oh, don't look at me today, look at my rolls, my hair's not right. Every child comes into this world with high levels of confidence, high levels of self-esteem. Yeah? Do you know, esteem means the value that you hold onto yourself. If you hold someone in high esteem, they have high value, they are significant, they mean something. But if you have low self-esteem, you're worthless. And that comes from somewhere. Someone said that to you. Mm -hmm. maybe your folks oh look at you stupid boy that's all it takes mm. okay I'm worthless because my dad said so my dad is someone I love I trust him so it must be true mm. it must be absolutely true you grow for, you grow up for your life have that belief 
So yeah, you asked me a question. The resources are there, but people are suffering more and more. And it's primarily to do with anxiety, comparing themselves to others. And there's so many forms of anxiety. There's general anxiety disorder. I'll just run through quickly. Social anxiety disorder, performance anxiety disorder, PTSD. And when you say when I say PTSD, you think of war zones. Yeah, straight away. But it isn't. PTSD could be a three-year-old child loses their pet favourite toy. That's a traumatic event. Mm. Right? That three-year-old could grow up thinking that anything she loves, he loves, will be taken away from her. I'll never find love. What's the point? I'll stick to relationships that I can't commit to. In fact, I won't have relationships. That's PTSD. That's incredible. OCD. OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder. People say, oh, yeah, I've got that because I need to have this neat and tidy. Oh, I've got that. I vacuum my house three days, uh, three times a day. No, you just like a clean house. If you have to do it 40 or 50 times a day, that, and you and if you don't, you start having panic attacks and physical yeah, sensations. stops you living your life. Yeah, that's OCD. Wow. Okay. And where's that born from? OCD is, if I don't do this, something bad will happen. So if I get to the underlying cause, what's the bad thing that you think will happen? Okay. Uh, I can do some solution-focused work. And if I do some, if it does happen, this bad thing, then I do analytical work. But then I remove the belief, then it's hopefully it goes, you see. And that, I just think like that can be quite... Uh, I think people often enter into... Uh, they, they've got a fear of doing this work on themselves. Or they've got yeah. a fear of going into therapy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I might find out something that I really don't want to know. And Possibly. I say, you know, yeah, you might. Yeah, yeah, you might. But it might be just that turning it slightly. Well, yeah, from what you're saying, it really very could slightly be, differently. It could be something innocent, like you say, like the teddy yeah. thing or something yeah. like that. Exactly. And then you change that perspective... Just slightly. Well, this is what you... that's it. That's what you've gone through, Nick. You know, all I did was a, a reset, okay? A minor reset, but it's kind of pulling you back from time to time. You would not be able to do what you're doing now if, if you didn't, with respect, have, you know, come no, and see no, me. No, because totally we wouldn't right. be here. No, um, it, it was. You kind of gave me that kickstart <clears throat> and that kind of wanting more. You know, that thinking, <sighs> I can do more. Rather than thinking I'm shit, I don't deserve anything. Yeah. And then I just thought, well, no, I do, do deserve know, things. Um, <clears throat> you're right, though. A lot of people may not want to go and see what they kind of know because of suppressed memories and experiences and emotions. And do you know what the difference between a suppressed memory, emotion versus a repressed one? Mm. <clears throat> okay. Something that's suppressed, you kind of know it's happened in your childhood, but you don't want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, something happened. I don't really want to unpack that box. I don't want to revisit that. A repressed memory is when something's happened to you and you it's been so traumatic, you've just blanked it out. Okay? But it's there and it's still affecting your life today at some level. When you unpick that and they go, oh, my God, yeah, and you can release it. It just enabled you to move forward, okay? Um, so you said, um, yeah, some people might not like what they see, but I firmly believe it's about understanding of self. Look, we all know knowledge is power. 
And I'll repeat this mantra to you kind of again and again in our sessions because knowledge is power, but knowledge of self is self-empowerment. Right? You are giving yourself the tools, the information, the resources to improve your life. Just, just for understanding yourself. Look, Warren Buffett said, he was asked a question, you know Warren Buffett, the American billionaire? Mm-hmm. He was asked, I think, um, if you had one car in your life, what would it be? I don't think he mentioned the make and model, but he said what you'd do if you had a car for you know, a lifetime and only one car, he would read the manual, yeah? So he understood every single word. He would make sure that the, the car was kept in a garage. He would make sure if there was ever a scratch on it, he would deal with it straight away. He would put the best fuel in that car, right? Because he had, you'd have to have that car for his lifetime. You only get one mind, one body. Why aren't you looking after it? Mm. I put a post. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah, I put a post on Facebook the other day saying, <clears throat> like, we invest... Mm. People invest loads and loads of money in their uh, going to the gym, mm. doing their hair, you know. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, men know do. Mean. You know, yeah. we all, like, everyone does, you know, yeah. buying nice <coughs> aftershaves, uh, getting a nice car, and you put all this stuff into exterior shit. Mm. Yet, very rarely does it, do people invest in, in, the, in their, you know, their insides, you mm. know, like, their minds. Yeah. Because that's how society has shaped us. Yeah, it's it's yeah, all well, about yeah, totally, commercialism. Yeah. It's about bling. Yeah, it's about cars. The neighbours. Worry about that's your what, shampoo. I suppose because it, it can't be physically seen. Can't be or, sold. Or, yeah. And you can't sort of, well, I know obviously you can, but it can't be sort of, you can't just sort of walk up to someone and go, right, I'm going to sell you this and this is going to sort that, that and that yeah. out. I suppose it's, it's seen not really a, tangible, is it? No. Yeah. We, we it's are, not tangible in the same way. We are taught to look for external things will make us happy. That's why you buy those trainers and, you know, those guitars. It's mm. the dopamine. Yeah. You get that hit. Everybody, you know, you got dopamine is that instant, instant hit. It's like when you smoke weed, when you laugh, when you have an orgasm, when you buy something, you get that, when you get a text message. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm important. Then you've got your endorphins, yeah, the rock star, happy neurotransmitter. It's when you overcome stress or pain or go through exercise, it's good. Then you've got serotonin, which are happy memories and sleep and blah, 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 right? And you've got oxytocin. It's when you belong. You know when you hug your little boy? Oh, you feel good, don't you? Mm-hmm. Your dog, that's it. And that's all, we're all chasing these happy neurotransmitters from external sources. When there's nothing better than you sitting there watching, I don't know, Finding Nemo with your little boy in that moment, in the now, not wanting anything else mm-hmm. with your children, yeah? Mm. Just just for that one hour. Because people who want money don't want money. They want the feeling that money gives them. Yeah? It's the feeling. Always look for the feeling behind what it is, right? I feel important. I feel of value. I feel loved. I feel I can afford this. I can, I, whatever the feeling is, that's the essence. It's not the money. Yeah, that kind of really cuts to it, doesn't it? Yeah. When you I think like of it in those terms, that really just goes, just really cuts through all the shit. Mm. I want to feel more important. I feel want to be Mr. Big. I want to feel people like me. Money will give me that. No, actually won't. But that's the actually belief. all you want is a feeling. Yeah. yeah. And you can actually achieve that feeling quite simply and easily on, like, on your own. 
<laughs> I, I remember you saying in the first podcast about being at nature and, and outdoors. Or so, so, isn't wild that right, swimming. Brad? Yeah, well, I do a bit you, of wild swimming. I haven't done it for a little it. while. You said something. I you it. just feel centred and yeah. at one. Connected. Connected. Mm. That's the word. And we are totally disconnected. 100%. That's why people do drugs. I remember you speaking about addiction and it's not about getting that hit. It isn't. Right? It's about wanting to feel connected with other people with mm. the, or, or shutting off the pain, yeah. right? And then there's a whole that, that whole argument whether morph, um, heroin is addictive or not because, yeah, you know, that, that, that's a separate yeah. <coughs> discussion. Um, yeah. Yeah, because they'd argue that uh, the argument is, is uh, that yeah, heroin, if you, if, if you go to a hospital, mm-hmm. And you've hurt yourself seriously. Mm. They give you morphine. Yes, yeah, diamorphine, hundred percent mm-hmm. pure. That's it. Which is just like the bollocks heroin. Yeah. Um, but it's not dirty, so you don't get like the the, the negative bits as such. Yeah. The However, best. they might pump you full of that for a week, two weeks. Mm. You then leave hospital. Do you have withdrawal? No. 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 And that is because. Um, because basically, you you have a happy, normal, reasonably well-adjusted life, yeah. like most of us do. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a bit shit sometimes, we still have a reasonable life. Mm. So when we leave the hospital, we walk out, uh, we don't have withdrawal because we go back into a normal, happy life. Yeah. But, um, you know, if people withdraw for heroin, mm. they go back to it because they don't go back into a normal, happy life. Yeah. So yeah. essentially... The idea is that people take yeah, the drugs because it. they're fucking unhappy. Yeah, the reason why I have abused substances and drunk fucking loads and hurt myself in mm. the past is because I'm unhappy. Mm. Like, yeah. no other reason, you know, it's because I was fucking unhappy. As we unhappy. said, that's the crux, that's the feeling, like getting mm. down to the, the yeah, feelings. Yeah, so you're, so you're doing anything it. you can to push that feeling away, that unhappiness. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's why... Well... That's our hour. That, yeah. And that's the difference between, like, say, problematic drinkers. Yeah. You know, people who, who can do, can drink, have a weekend, and then, like, oh, I've got a problem with drinking. It's like, mm. well, you haven't. No. It's like, why do you drink? If you drink because you hate yourself, then you've probably got a problem with drinking. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Well, that's it. Wowzers. There's so uh, much. I think that's going to be one episode. I mean, I I like to sort. I like them all, but I'm just going to go back over and over and over that, and just unpick it and listen and take all the little nuggets of information away. I think. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, was, thanks. Uh, for more than so welcome. pleased you came really along. Quick. We'd love to have you back if ever you fancy. Yeah, hundred percent. Open yeah. door policy for you. I think. No Indeed.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.